0: Hey church, welcome to the Midweek Podcast. We are a few of the pastors of All People's Church. We're coming to you with uh, the topic of divorce and remarriage. This mm. past Sunday, Pastor Ross preached from Luke chapter 16, verse 18, and it, it uh, really upheld the beauty of marriage, God's design in marriage, and we had a really sweet time of mm. prayer, praying for the marriages, um, both singles and married, coming together, saying, we're going to we going to do everything we can to stand in this, uh, you know, help help stand with the marriages in our church. Yeah, uh, this right. is a this is a thing that the, the enemy wants to attack and destroy because it is a picture of God's relationship with the church. You did an mm-hmm. excellent job delivering that sermon, but uh, as you mentioned in the sermon, there is uh, there's a lot in this text that you couldn't unpack in that uh, the, that little short time. So we want to we want to go after um, in particular some of the um, the reasons for divorce. You know, what, what, are, what are the reasons that the Bible gives for divorce? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's an exception clause that we find in Matthew. We also see, see in 1 Corinthians um, 7 some reasons for divorce. And we want to we talk about those. We also want to kind of briefly touch on the minority view um, and the majority view and share where we stand as a church and as an yeah. outer team. Um, and then at the end of this podcast, we're gonna just answer some of the situational questions. So there'll be a, a short FAQ. I wanna start, before we dive in, I uh, wanna just mention something that we've, that we've written um, that I think uh, just expresses our, our heart in this topic. So I'm just gonna read it to you. We want to strike the challenging balance of being sensitive and tender towards those who have been victims of divorce of anyone Uh, or anyone who is a divorcee. Sometimes those who have been divorced can be stigmatized and treated like second-class Christians. On the other hand, we want to humbly state what we believe the scriptures teach on this topic and act in accordance with those beliefs. We want to stress the permanence of marriage without condemning the divorced. We want to affirm our love for the divorced while not minimizing the grievous sin that might be there. These tensions are nearly impossible to hold. But God helping us, we will try. Mm, we read scary. that because this is a challenging thing. Divorces touch so many. Yep. Uh, eight out of ten, one study says, whether you know directly or indirectly, are uh, affected by divorce. And um, so we want to we want to approach this carefully. And we've done it with a lot. Of, we're coming with a lot of prayer and uh, hopefully humility. So Ross, uh, let's start out with you. What um, what do you want to touch on from Luke chapter 16, verse 18? Sure,
1: um well, I think it'd be good to get into that in a, in, a, in a moment, okay. um I just would like to state really quickly that there's three different views on divorce and remarriage. Yeah. Um, two views are held by a smaller number of people kind of in our broader sphere of other churches and Christians that we are in the same camp with. and then there's one view that's held by most of the people who who are um you know evangelical like us. And, and that, that's the view that we fall into. Mm-hmm. So, so the first view is that there's no divorce or remarriage ever permissible. Mm-hmm. There might be a separation if, like the husband is violent and dangerous to be around and the wife has to get out of there, but the marriage covenant should ultimately never be severed and there should always be the possibility of reconciliation. And while we don't see it this way, people that we really respect and hold and love dearly, they do see it this way. Mm-hmm. Another view that a smaller party holds is that there are some cases where divorce is permissible, but then not remarriage. Yeah. So, so, the, so so there's some of these exception clause that we're gonna touch on. They would say, oh, well, in those cases, you could, you know, you could split up the marriage, but you're not allowed to then have the freedom to go marry someone else. Yeah. And the majority view, the view that we're going to bring forward on this podcast is that while divorce and remarriage is always looked at as an awful thing, right? It's, it's, it's not the ideal. It's, it's the result of sad and sadness and sin and brokenness. And the, the bent would be to remain married rather than ever to be divorced. Mm -hmm. There are certain situations where the marriage covenant is so undermined and broken that there is a divorce that's permissible and part of that is the freedom to remarry Mm -hmm. so those are essentially the three views
0: yeah so what what do we believe the Bible says um why do we believe it's it's ever permissible and maybe before we even go there what are what are common reasons in culture for divorce that that we'd say the Mm -hmm. church the the church at large totally rejects Mm -hmm. yeah you know
2: I, and, and this is all ones that <clears throat> probably most of us who are listening to this podcast could probably populate this list too, because we all hear it all the time. And in fact, I'm I'm hearing it right now in some relationships that I'm privy to and some relationships back home in Georgia that are crumbling mm-hmm. and um, even some pastors who are divorcing and um, mm. situations that you would have never bet anything that that, that couple would, would, would divorce. Mm-hmm. So this is really applicable and but but these are the statements that we've heard and and this is what the the world supports as grounds for divorce often Um, Here's one. We don't have anything in common goals values hobbies joys Um, Very common one. I don't love him or her anymore. Mm. All right. We fell out of love Um, Staying married will do more harm to the children than getting divorced Mm -hmm. Um, He or she isn't a believer Which is actually very common Or he or she is not the one, which is probably Mm. the most common that Hollywood loves to promote. That's right. Um, I'm exhausted. He or she will never change. It's useless and hopeless. And then one that is kind of connected to a lot of them is we are not compatible anymore. Mm. And so according to scripture, there's no warrant for divorce in any of these. Mm. There's sympathy, there's care, there's love in these situations, um, but there's no warrant for divorce. And across Church traditions across continents, across all times and places, um, faithful Christians who, who love Jesus and who are scriptures, their primary authority, reject these reasons. Yes. But we are going into the ones that lots of faithful Christians do um, d- debate on. That's right. And we can do it charitably. But it's tricky because anytime you talk about a situation that is so deeply connected to emotions and pain mm-hmm. and trauma and betrayal, it's very, very hard to think about it clearly, level headedly, objectively, because we have stories in mind, we have people in mind. And and those can have a powerful sway over how we interpret God's word. It's yeah. true. But we're trying to be faithful. That's right.
0: Yeah, Jesus Jesus raises the bar big time in his teaching on these things. And yet yeah, he he does give an exception and I wanna I wanna dive into that now. We've already stated what are not exceptions and are reasons for divorce. So what what then do we hold are some reasons for divorce and remarriage. Sure. So the verse that we
1: preached on on Sunday was Luke 16:18, which says, "Everyone who divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery, and he who marries a woman divorced from her husband commits adultery." And if we just had that verse, it sounds like we'd be view, uh, in view number 1 mm-hmm. <laughs> that marriage, divorce and remarriage is not permissible and it's adultery because You have a lifelong commitment that you made before God to someone. And then to be with someone else is violating that lifelong commitment. Mm -hmm. So so that's why it's called adultery by Jesus. And it kind of sounds like the end of the matter. Like Mm -hmm. if it was just that verse, it would be our position is one. There's there's never a case for divorce and remarriage. Mm -hmm. However, uh, the Bible is one book and different passages approach similar situations from different perspectives. Mm-hmm. So there's other passages on divorce in the Bible specifically the New Testament right. that do not disagree with or contradict Luke 16:18 they add another perspective to it. Mm-hmm. So Luke 16:18 is 100% true generally speaking divorce and remarriage constitutes a sin called adultery. Mm-hmm. And that's the case most of the time. Now, when Matthew is writing about this in Matthew chapter 19, verse 9, he also writes about it in chapter 5, he brings in another perspective that does not contradict Luke 16, but further illuminates it, now pointing out an exception to the rule. So this exception is not, is an exception because it's an exception. It's not like commonly the case, right? Right. This is uh, not something that should be standard operating procedure. This is an extreme exception to the rule of, do not get divorced. Mm-hmm. So Jesus says in Matthew 19:9, "And I say this to you: Whoever divorces his wife, except for sexual immorality, and marries another, commits adultery." Mm-hmm. So he adds in this clause, "Except for sexual immorality." Sexual immorality just comes from the Greek word "porneia," which means unlawful sexual intercourse, prostitution, unchastity, or fornication. So what this means is that if you're in a a marriage covenant, you're in a marriage relationship with someone else, someone, and that person begins having intimate sexual relations with others outside of the marriage covenant, Mm -hmm. that's an extreme situation where there now exists a grounds for divorce and remarriage. Extreme, but common. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Which is why we're talking about that. Which is sad. It's sad that it's become so common. Yeah. Um, but it is it is an extreme way to mar- violate the marriage covenant. That's right. And it's an extreme way to violate the marriage covenant because it attacks the heart of what it is. Mm-hmm. That's what we're going to find with these ex- with these exceptions. Yeah. The one here in Matthew and the one we're going to go over in 1 Corinthians 7 yeah. is they attack the heart of what marriage is. Yeah. So in Genesis 2, when God sets up marriage and says, A man shall leave his mother and father yeah. and hold fast to his wife. The heart of a marriage covenant is an exclusive relationship that includes physical intimacy. Yeah. yeah. So, if you take away the exclusive part, you're taking away the marriage. That's yes, yeah. right. So like, if I was married to someone and I was just mean to her, like just called her names and 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 things like that would be an awful sin that I would need to repent of. But it's not attacking <laughs> the essence of marriage in the same way. That's why using calling names is not an ex- exception for divorce in the same way sexual immorality is. Mm-hmm. Because if you go back to Genesis 2 and see what is marriage, to be sexually immoral in marriage is an attack at the heart of what marriage is. Well, yeah, I mean, you just even mentioned in Genesis the
2: two shall become one flesh. Mm-hmm. And so you're becoming one flesh with someone else. Right. So you're breaking that oneness. Right. Um, that is connected to sex, but it's also connected to everything else. But it's, but it's but it, it's held up. Um, it's focused. Jesus focuses on the sexual immorality part. Yeah,
1: That's right. And so, like, in those situations, the knee-jerk response should not be, they were unfaithful to you, get a divorce. That's right. Um, I think oftentimes we could even display the wonder of the gospel by a husband or a wife taking back an unfaithful spouse, just like God took back us as his unfaithful spouse. Mm-hmm. But there's also the case that if there's a serial adulterer who just will not repent mm-hmm. and will not be faithful mm-hmm. and it's just impossible for the marriage to continue that there is that there is a freedom for that spouse to sadly divorce and remarry another mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. and we will get into this a little more with the other exception but the way it's worded you commit adultery except for sexual immorality would seem to, to put together the ideas that divorce... If, if there's a grounds for divorce, there's also grounds for remarriage. They, they go together in, in Matthew 19. Yeah. And um, that'd be especially important in the ancient world where... Yeah. A wife, especially, if she was divorced, could die from starvation because there just isn't employment opportunities for women back then. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, so, so a divorce with those sad grounds, with, with that sad situation it's a ground for remarriage and, and there's mm-hmm. that freedom to do so mm-hmm.
2: and, and it's, it's a true freedom in the sense that um, there's a difference between um, what you um, could do or ought to do in light of the gospel versus what you have to yeah. mm-hmm. and so if we had someone in our church who was in that situation where they've made attempts to receive them, reconcile them and this spouse is just continually to be unrepentant they would be free to divorce and we would not shame them. Right. We would not shame them at all. That's right. Um, God doesn't give permission and then say, I shame you for it. It's not some bait or switch mm-hmm. kind of thing. That's right. Um, there is the ideal of what would maximize showing the gospel, like what we see in Hosea and Gomer, but that doesn't mean if you don't do that, you're in sin. Right. And I think we've alluded to that and we said that, but it needs to be clearly said. You are not, um, there, there is no shame for you if you. Um, Received the permission from the Lord from Scripture, and you took upon him mm-hmm. took 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 him at the,
0: His word. That's right. That's good. I'm just, just gonna say something. I'm just struck by the the clause here for yep. adultery. This this uh, exception for adultery. Um, we consider the the picture that that marriage, human marriage, is with our relationship with God. That that it's meant to be this exclusive relationship with the Lord and His people, and what you said earlier, we we both of you have said we've broken that covenant over and over again, and it is a grievous thing. It is when we uh, pursue other gods, whether it's in the form of literal idols or just uh, you know you name it money, sex, power, whatever it is, um, we are breaking covenant with the Lord and uh, and that is in ad- the Bible even describes that yeah. as adultery yeah. to mm-hmm. the Lord yeah A- ad- you know he is our husband we are the spouse as his people and it is right. it is adultery and so it's it just the Lord upholds the value of one one man one woman yeah. forever covenant but then just shows how severe when you when that exclusive nature is mm. is wrecked just how severe it is it's it's so severe in human marriage it's so severe in our relationship with god and then like you've been talking about the gospel is just so beautiful when you consider that god overcomes and loves us despite our our uh, adultery yeah mm-hmm. and 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 though
2: someone would be permitted and we would we would honor and, and we would love them and we wouldn't shame them it would be something to to double click on if you know, let's say I was cheated on, and and I was so quick to just say they're done. I'm done. Divorced. I got a. I got. I got permission sure. from the Bible, right? That that although God would allow that to be permissible, that would be that that could demonstrate something about my heart. And I've seen those who I've seen go through divorce when it comes to infidelity, or 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 s- sustain their marriage and forgive. Mm-hmm are often those that I've seen who have gone deep in the gospel. Mm-hmm. They know how much God has forgiven them. Amen. And That's so they right. don't feel entitled. Like, yes, they feel betrayed and hurt by their spouse who's been unfaithful. But they're not like, how dare you? How could you? They're more like, yeah, I, I know what that would be like because I do that to Jesus regularly. Mm-hmm. Like, I know that heart. Yeah. I know that heart that can go astray. And so we find ourselves at home. That's why whenever I see someone who who cheats, I, I'm, I'm never condemning. And I, I mean that never because I know... But for the grace of God, I'd be in their shoes. Mm-hmm. And so I just feel a sense of, of humility and gratitude that I have not gone there by God's grace. And, and, and knowing that I've gone there in different ways against the Lord just puts me in
0: a state of humility and not entitlement. Yeah, that's, you good. Know, that's um, good. So the first exception is the adultery. That is the first exception clause that the Bible gives. Now, we need to talk about the the second um, right. And that is found in 1 Corinthians 7. Let's, let's go there.
1: Yeah, so the Apostle Paul is writing to the church in Corinth. Marriage comes up. He writes this in verses 13 through 15. If any woman has a husband who is an unbeliever and he consents to live with her, she should not divorce him. So he's saying, hey, if you guys are seeing the world differently mm-hmm. and you can stay married, still do it. Yeah, that's right. For the unbelieving husband is made holy because of his wife, and the unbelieving wife is made holy because of her husband. Otherwise, her children would be unclean. But as it is, they are holy. We'll get into that in another podcast. (laughs) Verse 15. But if the unbelieving partner separates, let it be so. In such cases, the brother or sister is not enslaved. Mm -hmm. So in that situation, there's one partner who is open to, and I would say wants to stay married to the other partner. And the other partner says, no, I'm done. I'm leaving. Mm -hmm. The word that captures this is abandonment. Mm -hmm. And... This is another grounds for divorce biblically, I believe, because it's another situation that fundamentally attacks the heart of the marriage covenant. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the marriage covenant says you leave your parents, so you're leaving all other relationships to be exclusively connected to one person. But in abandonment, you're leaving the one that you were supposed to leave all others to be with. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it it makes the marriage covenant impossible and it attacks the essence of what it is and also constitutes another ground for divorce and remarriage. Just to emphasize once again, the Christian person is is never the one leaving. It's, they're the person staying, fighting for the marriage. Okay. It's the other person who's leaving and abandoning them. Yeah. And that says, in that case, the brother or sister is not enslaved. Different people on different sides of this discussion interpret that phrase differently. The way we would interpret it is that there's a freedom to yeah. divorce and remarry when you've been abandoned.
2: And, and, and it goes the other way too. There's a freedom to stay in the sense of hoping and praying and wanting that to be reconciled. Right. right? And, and some who hold the minority position would say, okay, they left you. Well, you're, you're gonna have to be basically celibate mm-hmm. and you're still married waiting for them forever, right. whether or not they change or not. You know? And we'd say you could actually do that by God's grace. Yeah, if the Spirit leads you so, by the yeah. help God's God's help and community, right? That's right. But you don't have to. You are free to marry. Yeah.
0: That's right. Um, so out of these two exceptions come all kinds of questions, you know, situational questions. Mm-hmm. And I'll just say first, we we've only included a, a handful of questions and answers uh, at the end of this podcast. But I, I will say that every situation uh, demands some pastoral counsel care you know they, they really need it needs intervention it needs a lot of work yeah. and we've we've tried to say all through this podcast uh, even in these cases that's right we hope that marriages can be uh, sustained yeah. that's right they will continue that's right and they can by God's grace yeah um, but but we're trying to we're trying to basically, provide some, some counsel in particular cases. So yeah. that's what we'll do here, Sam. I, I just,
2: I, I want to make it abundantly clear <clears throat> that the word permissible or exception does not mean it's a command. And I think some people walk away that <clears throat> because that, that's in scripture and it happens, they're saying, therefore I must do it. Mm-hmm. You yeah. don't have to do it. It's permissible. You could do it. Yes. It's not the same thing. And I know we've kind of said it, but we just got to say it again because I think yeah. when you're so hurt, it is hard to think clearly. It's hard to be led by the Spirit. Mm-hmm. And people can kind of cling to those passages really quickly. And and, and, and we just want to guard
0: from that. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So here's here's some situational questions. Um, first one, can I rem- remarry if my spouse dies? And I'm just going to quickly answer this yep. because this is abundantly clear. We don't need to spend much time on it. Romans 7, 2-4, 1 Corinthians 7, 39, both emphasize that when a spouse dies, you are that that covenant is broken. It's over. You are free to marry. There's nothing. Is it wrong? I don't know if it's broken. It's the right word uh, ended? It's over. It is ended. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, not broken. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's the death to you part, right? Yeah. Yeah. So death has literally, you know, mm-hmm. parted you. So you you're not bound, and and someone yep. may feel that because they've been in a lifelong marriage, but but Paul gives that uh, he, he he makes that very clear. Which I
2: need to say something real quick. I remember my friend telling me how. He was counseling a brother, and the brother believes the things that we do that the scripture teaches. So he knows the only way that he would be able to remarry was if his spouse died, and he would fantasize, fantasize his spouse die. Oh. He wouldn't plan it, he wasn't going to murder her, but he was just thinking like, okay, if this happened, then I could be remarried. Yeah. And I just want to say, in Jesus name, reject any fantasy of this being an out. Mm. You know? um, confess mm. that and let it die. Amen. Um, In your heart.
0: Yuck. Yeah. 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 Amen. These other questions that we want to answer, I think, get at, at more of the heart of what we've discussed so far. They're, they're questions that come out of that. So this one, uh, first, I'm actually going go to go the, to the second one here. Can, can pornography, since we talked about adultery first, Yeah. can pornography or other sexual sins be grounds for divorce? So, yeah, that word pornea is broad.
1: But generally does refer to actual sexual yeah. intercourse. Mm-hmm. We want to say that there are situations that are more clear and less clear, and we're more confident about the situations that are more clear. Mm-hmm. That's right. So it seems very clear that to have sex outside of marriage with someone else is a ground for divorce.
0: Or, yeah. When we say or, sex, yeah. yeah, it's it's not just yeah. sexual inter- intercourse yeah. uh, in, in its proper sense, but, but mm-hmm. all forms of Sexual immorality, yeah, with someone not your spouse.
1: That's right. Yeah, that's right. And um, so, so viewing pornography habitually and and unrepentantly is also a sin related to sexual immorality. Yes, right. Um, I I think in all those cases, we would approach the situation pastorally and think through it Mm -hmm. Um, there I would say there there is a case where someone just will not refuse to stop looking at porn habitually uh, for long periods of time it it could I'm not saying it does I I could say it could constitute Mm -hmm. breaking the marriage covenant for grounds of porn but it's so it's so hard to say without when when you when you get into these less clear areas it seems to be more situational and, and approaching situationally than yeah. the more clear ones. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's
2: just you know Jesus definitely elevates sexual lust without touching anybody to a, a, a grievous level, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Matthew chapter five. And but I think sometimes that can be a way for spouses to you know they catch their their spouse in viewing pornography and then because they feel so betrayed and rightfully so betrayed and hurt, um, they'll immediately kind of. This gives me grounds for divorce. And we just want to pump the brakes, say, maybe, mm-hmm. let's let's seek the Lord and let's press in. That's
0: right. Um, That's great. Another question um, out of the, the second exception we mentioned is, is around abandonment. And the question is, is there such a thing as functional abandonment? So in other words, they haven't actually left the marriage, but is there is there a functional abandonment that would warrant... Um, divorce. Yes, yeah, so this could be something
1: like the spouse is using drugs night and day and they're just basically checked out. Checked out. Yep. Yeah. And once again, we want to be more firm where the scriptures are more clear and less firm yep. where the scriptures are less clear. When the person physically leaves and they're gone, right? And they say, I'm out, that's abandonment. Could this be abandonment? Perhaps, Mm -hmm. perhaps in a a specific situation, but definitely less clearly so than when the person actually leaves is Mm -hmm. what I would say. Okay. Yeah. What about in cases of physical or
2: emotional abuse? Mm. For sure, there needs to be intercession immediately and carefully to separate the family from the abuser, put them in a safe place. Contact legal authorities. Yep. Yeah. 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 Um. But if the abuser does not demonstrate godly repentance after every reasonable attempt—the word "reasonable" is important—to confront and reconcile, then I, I think situationally the victim could be free. Um, but again, not required to divorce on the grounds, um, on, on those grounds. It's, yeah. it's hard. It's hard. I mean, this is this is like kind of one of the the most emotional and most sticky situations. Um, who could ever look at someone being abused and saying, "You're not free to remarry," right? Mm-hmm. And that's why it would take a lot of pastoral care, and we would we would hope that we'd led by the Spirit and not emotion, and full of compassion, and yet being um, firm to Scripture where we can where we see
0: Scriptures there.
2: It's it's tough.
0: Yeah, that's right. And yeah, I just want to emphasize again that that there are situations where we would say yes, and and these these are functional. Yeah, this is functional functional abandonment. But we, we also want to be, be careful to set the, the bar where, the, where Scripture does and just say, this is most, most clear, and then the, there are other situations that will need more, yeah. more care and counsel and, and time. And that should require us, for sure, to pump the brakes and be extra
2: careful, mm-hmm. and hopefully others too, yeah. right? If, yeah. if you have something, and, and this is biblical ethics anywhere, if there's something that Scripture is not as abundantly clear and then there's a lot of debate among faithful uh, you know, scholars and pastors and Christians— then we should we should be careful not to be very quick and dogmatic about our positions and our t- approaches, especially if it's very emotionally charged.
0: That's right. Um, now I just want to ask something that's that's not on our outline here. Um, and I just want to say one other ahead,
1: thing, really quick, that wherever we land on this, we would never be for putting someone in a dangerous situation physically, right. no. like the like like we would be for physically removing that person until such a time that it's clear it wasn't physically dangerous anymore. Yep. Yeah. That's right.
0: Yeah, it's good. 100%. Yeah, I love I love that the Lord he, in his upholding of marriage, he's also protecting humans. That's he, right. There's a there's a protection that I, that I right. just really appreciate in these clauses. Mm. Um, the, I guess the last question is is um what if what if there's not these, these, uh, these things aren't as clear. There hasn't been adultery. There hasn't been uh, abandonment. Just how would you, but, but a marriage has ended in, in divorce and somebody's wondering, can I get remarried? What, what, do, I, what do I do with that? <laughs> like, what then? What, what do you do if it's not as clear, but your marriage has ended in divorce? You're a Christian. You're wondering now, can I get remarried? How do you brothers counsel that person? Well, I think one
1: important question is, is your partner married okay. or not yet? Mm-hmm. And if they're not, yeah. I would bend towards encouraging you to pursue the person who seems like God still views as your spouse. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. That would be hard to say. And the longer the time has been, the harder that would be to say that. Yeah. But that wouldn't change anything in reality, especially if it airs toward more... It probably wasn't grounds for divorce, and you're realizing afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be hard. That's that's kind of where I would go too. Yeah, yeah.
1: And if the other person is married to someone else, I'll just go on the record and say I don't know. I just don't know at this point. Yeah, I have to think more about that. Mm. There's a lot of.
2: Go ahead. I, I think I think we can we can be a little clearer than that because if they are now okay, so so um, theoretical couple breaks up. It wasn't actually grounds for divorce yeah uh, they sinned in that both sinned in that in, in um, and then years later realized that one of them realized they shouldn't have yep. done that the other person has moved on and, and remarried yeah that person has now committed adultery Yes, and they've created a new covenant that yes. covenant is not broken now that person person a who realized those sin um, is free to marry mm-hmm. but the hope would be their heart would say God forgive me like I, I, I missed this here sin in the, yeah. Yeah, sin yeah in the past yeah. and may I not do mm-hmm. this with this new new covenant marriage yeah yeah. I can see. I can see that. That that makes
0: sense. No. That makes sense. Yeah. One one of the things, as we close up here, that I appreciated so much about your sermon is just that you emphasize that, um, and we said this in our statement at the beginning as well. That a divorced person is not uh, a greater sinner. That's we're right. all. We're all ultimately. We've all at one point been divorced from our from our husband, the Lord God yeah. Almighty, and and He has graciously brought us all back in by the blood of Christ. That's right. And so that whether whether you're a divorcee or not we, we come to the Lord through his blood Amen. we come to him by his grace and and so that's that's the the place where we can stand today you know we, we, we repent of sin we turn we do everything in our power now to protect and preserve our marriages pray for them um, and and walk in a manner worthy of this this calling um, but praise God he, he he still views you through the through the lens of, yeah. of Christ's blood, His righteousness. So we we stand there today. We still put this podcast out with the desire to just gently shepherd and and to yeah. help us think through this important cultural matter. And so, hopefully, it's it's been helpful to you. We we pray that God would preserve our marriages and that we would never have to to walk through these really complicating matters in our in our community any further than we have.
2: And That's right. We. Um, you know, depending on when this is going to be released, um, there will be a document um, that will be shared that's mm-hmm. going to go into more specifics, more exegesis, more in some of the other problem situations and the passages um, that, that could be used for you for future reference. But I um, want to exhort everyone to take up Pastor Ross's call the other day of just praying for marriages. You know, mm-hmm. pray for your marriage, pray for... Uh, other marriages pray for the singles you know like let let us go to war and pray for each other in this this very very core essential area that the enemy has in its bullseye um, and let's redeem it amen amen thanks for listening